Greetings, traveler. Welcome to the Cast Perilous. Sunset has left smudges of deep red and purple in the western sky as the first stars begin to twinkle in the east. Birds are battening down for the evening, but frogs in some hidden pond have begun a trilling song of early summer dusk. A ragged man struggles his way up a lightly wooded country lane, more of a track, really, from the village of Tull's Fork, pulling a tiny covered cart behind it. He stumbles on a root in the darkness and swears an oath at the offending tree. Red-faced and panting, he stops to catch his breath. Now lowering his burden, he walks round the back of the cart. Loosening the bindings and lifting the covers, he unveils his treasures, a barrel keg and a smallish wooden box. Opening the box and brushing aside the straw packing, he brings forth a glass bottle. Holding it up to the newly risen moon, the emerald color of the spirituous beverage dances on his haggard face, and he's tempted to pop the cork here and now. Shifting his attention to the already tapped keg, and untying the mug from his belt, he pulls a frothy measure of the smooth albsy. The scent of peaches drifts teasingly around him. After taking a long draft, he leans heavily on his cart, and stares off beyond the trees lining the lane, toward the dark line in the north, now silvered in the moonlight. Great forest, the Dolmenwood. How I miss you, love. And lifts his mug to the darkness. But just then, a sound, rising and falling on the light breeze that now rustles the leaves of the trees. The sound of what? A flute? A sad song, drifting down from the hill behind him, from the old lich yard. Fireflies, drifting up from the grasses below, remind him of candles wending their way up the hill, between the gravestones near the foot, clustering in the high grasses by the stream, and amid the ruins of the old church, ever climbing toward the summit, and finally forming a sparkling crown about the old grove at the top. And also, up there amid the ancient stones, amid the dolmens, was what? A man? Seemingly larger than a normal man, and with horns? A creeping chill shakes Owen to the core. He drops his mug and begins to run, and as the breeze stills, another sound, scratching from the graves. Welcome to the very first episode of The Cast Perilous. You are listening to an actual play, old school, pencil and paper RPG podcast, in which an array of awesome people join me to tell a story which exists entirely in our collective imagination. There's also some casting of dice involved, but you probably knew that. For starters, we'll be using a great OSR-influenced set of rules called Low Fantasy Gaming, written by Stephen J. Gridzicki and published by Pickpocket Press. As for our setting, 
I'm digging pretty deeply into lore thus far found only in the Wormskin zine put out by Necrotic Gnome. The most excellent Gavin Norman has been working on a complete setting guide for Dolmenwood, the weird fairy tale forest in and around which our story takes place. Now, without further ado, please allow me to introduce our players. My name is Josh, and I'm playing Deld Bard. Hi, my name is Kate, and I'll be playing Beatrice the Cleric. My name is Tracy, and I play Rosemary Springward, but everyone just calls me Ro. Once again, my name's Jeff, and I'll be your Game Master slash Storyteller. Let's get started with Episode 1, A Song of Goats and Fireflies. The story begins for two of our characters at St. Dunstan's Priory, or Woodhall Priory, depending on who you ask. For many generations, cloistered communities of monks and nuns have shared the chapel for prayer and worked the surrounding farmland to sustain themselves and further their faith. A number of lay folk also live on the grounds, some devout peasants, and a few oblates whose rich families have donated large sums of silver to have their willful child educated. Several miles to the north lies the Dolmenwood, the ancient legend-haunted forest, named for the profusion of equally ancient standing stones nestled beneath its boughs. There are those who say this vast woodland once stretched even further south, toward the High Hankel, and these rolling fields were once the domain of the forest's old masters. But perhaps that's a story for another time. For now, let's meet Dell and Beatrice, as their players and I work out the last bits of their backstories. So, Dell, you've been at the Priory for many years off and on, Mm -hmm. though you make frequent pilgrimages into town, which is really more of a village, uh, to the village of Tull's Fork. And that's where you make what coin you make, playing and telling tales to the to the locals there, and to traveling merchants, you might sell a story or something for something good. Okay. All right. Can you describe yourself? He's going to be about sort of tall and gangly. Not tall, tall and gangly, but maybe six, six two, somewhere right around there. Fairly good looking, with that kind of charisma. Brownish blonde, kind of uh, curly. Um, almost like Grecian kind of curls. Mm. <laughs> uh, if you can imagine that. But Wearing yeah. just uh, like a, a sort of peasanty kind of shirt type thing. Kind of blousey, maybe. And you've usually uh, got your mandolin. And, and the mandolin. Um, he'd have his pack with him all the time with uh, parchment and ink and things like that. Just in case he happens to hear something when somebody's had a little much at the... I'm assuming there's a... Is there some kind of tavern here? Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a tavern. Yeah. I don't know if you... Are you a big drinker? You're probably fairly young still. I am I was kind of imagining you were more along the lines of like 16 at this point. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> he was... I was originally picturing you and... Uh, Beatrice. Beatrice being the same age. <laughs> I put but... down 16. For, oh, okay. For then Beatrice. we'll go 16. All right. That's okay. fine. I figured that it'd be good for you guys to be young and inexperienced. <laughs> but you've had way more experience than she has because you <laughs> well, you were more or less told that you would be a terrible monk. Right. And uh after having been dropped on the doorstep. More or less dropped on the doorstep when you were a toddler, I think. Okay. You weren't a baby. They out of the kindness of their heart took you in 
at the, the priory. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they originally started training you to be a monk, and then you just proved to them that that was never going to work. No. You were far too curious and far too, uh, well, they, they said something along the lines of, you had the tongue of a devil. You okay, could... that's, yeah, that, that kind of fits. He, he does not lie. He's just very, very good at telling only certain parts of the truth, okay. if he needs okay. to. So, uh, yeah, you've been, you're still friends with the monks. They like you. Everybody okay. likes you. Um, you. You're like impossible not to like, more or less. I mean. And so the monks all like you, and you spend a lot of time still at the priory. Do I still live there? Do you want to? I kind of figured that I was. Yeah. Then, yeah. I, 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 they, I do, they, thinking... they, will, they will have you there, yes. Okay. They, but... There are definitely, you know, lay folk who live on the grounds of the priory. Okay. I was thinking that, like, it's getting to the point to where they're like, you can still stay here if you want to, but you don't want to stay here anymore, do you? Kind of a situation. <laughs> it you may know, be. It you may know be. what I mean? It may be. You are pretty much on the good side of the prior. That's big points for you. The prior, by the way, is Father Atticus. And there are a number of brothers who you know pretty well. A lot of the brothers take... Names take sort of liturgic names. Mm -hmm. There's a brother Frolins, there's a brother Tabenicus, a brother Quinglid, brother Dominic, yeah, and several others, obviously. Um, Woodhall Priory is dedicated to St. Dunstan. Every abbey and priory is dedicated to one of the many saints. Anyway, we pick up with you uh, on the grounds there mm -hmm. at the priory, and uh, it is nearly time for one of the services in the chapel. And so, Brother Tabanicus, Doe, young Doe, you need to get on up to the bell tower. Brother Adalbert's up there, and he's not ringing the bell. <laughs> get right. up there and shake him. Okay, I'll go see, see what's going on. And I'll make my way towards the. Um, it's been a good. It make a, haste, child. It was a good day at the uh, at the tavern, uh, making <laughs> money. So I've, I'm generous enough that I'll go and check on what is probably a very old monk that has dropped dead in the bell tower. <laughs> Actually, Brother Adalbert is a very old monk. Definitely. <laughs> then I fully intend to find him dead at the bottom of a rope that pulls a bell. So you're hurrying your way up the stairs. Mm -hmm. You. Get on up there in time to see Brother Albert. He's not lying dead. Mm -hmm. He's standing, looking out just off into the distance. Actually, to the to the north. Pretty much the north is the forest. A place you don't usually go, full of danger and such. Mm -hmm. Dolmenwood. And he's just staring out there. Just sort of hypnotized. Brother Albert, are you... Are you all right? Are you confused? You're supposed to be ringing the bells. Oh, uh, young Dell. I, of course, of course. I just lost myself. Did you see day. something? He looks like he's trying, he's thinking about telling you something. Something, maybe he's maybe trying to hide? Would you like to try and make a roll? I would like to persuade him otherwise. <laughs> okay. So that is one of your skills, your charisma, <laughs> plus one because of the persuade. 
Mm-hmm. So that's like a 19, right? The charisma's an 18 with a plus one bonus because you're skilled in it. Right. Okay. So you're going to want to roll a 19 or less. Don't roll a 20. <laughs> how are you persuading him, though? Yeah, how, how are you persuading, persuading him? Persuading him? Well, we, we make the roll. Let's then, find out then whether then or not. See, yeah. see how bad you sound. A 19. Ooh. So for any other human... <laughs> He would have just said, you would have go failed. away, I'm ringing the bell. But you have the the devil's tongue, so how do you persuade him to talk? <laughs> Albert, did, did you see elves in the forest? He looks directly into your eyes and says, What do you know of elves in the forest? Well, I know plenty about the elves in the forest. But if you don't know about the elves in the forest, maybe I should go on my way and let you ring the bells. I know more than you think, young lad. You know, I I grew up in that forest. Did you? I did. I did. But that was a long time ago. I gave all that up. For the Priory? Yes, for the Priory. But why? For the faith. For the one true God. Something you should have considered. And he just looks out there again. Would you get the bell for me, lad? Oh, God. I was trying to have such a good day. Yeah, I'll ring the bell for him. Okay. Because I'm not quite sure what else I can squeeze out of him at the moment. Well, if you do, if you're ringing the bells, he'll, he'll keep talking. Although you know that this means he should be going down to the to the uh, service, to the mass, I guess. But he's not. He's still talking to you. I'll ask him if he ever heard of the Cold Prince when he lived in the woods. <laughs> of course. Who hasn't? Well, I know plenty of people who have heard, of, heard about him. Forest people all know about the Cold Prince. May he never return. He suddenly starts shivering. He looks very cold. Perhaps you shouldn't have spoken that name. Does it give you a chill? Something's not right. Something's happening. I don't know what, but I can feel it. Something about the forest. Mm-hmm. You need to... You need to go. Yes, yes. Okay. I need to go. I need to forget yes, about yes. these things. Yes, yes. This is for the young. One true faith, all of that. Amen. <laughs> heading off down the stairs. Shuffling slowly down the stairs. Don't fall. They're all going to Mass. Right. And, uh... I'm not. Right. No. Well, you would see from your high perspective, you'd see out across the courtyard to the, the walk, the cloister. In an abbey or a priory, cloister is kind of the, kind of an inner courtyard where they have gardens, but there's also like these covered areas where the monks walk in oh. meditation. Oh, okay. Right. All right. I was thinking of something completely Yeah. Do you see down there, out more in the yard outside of the actual main building there is another building within the wall and that's the convent both monks and nuns are here at the priory they kind of keep separate but they they work together they share the same chapel although as, as from what you know the uh the convent is rather than dedicated to saint dunstan it is dedicated to saint guinevere mm-hmm. but the thing is you see out there your old friend, who you've known for a long time, since uh, you were here first, but she came here when she was seven years old and has been here ever since. Mm-hmm. Well, she's not a nun yet, 
though you suspect she will be. She's very devout, as far as you can tell. But uh, she's out there talking to a couple of the sisters. They look like they're in some sort of a, an intense conversation. Beatrice, would you like to describe yourself? Sure. I picture her as short. She's only stands about five feet, if that. She has dirty blonde hair, and it's cut short, which I imagine is because she's considered an apprentice. So she's not a nun yet, and she hasn't made a decision to become a nun, but she works in the convent for the nuns. Kind of cherub cheek, you know, rosy mm. apple cheek. She's very innocent looking with a smattering of freckles, and she seems to have a perpetual sunburn nose. And she is dressed in the apprentice's garb, which is plain, probably similar to what you have over in the monastery, but I just picture it as kind of a dull brown, simple garb. Just kind of pleasant disposition, very trusting. You know, you get that impression from her. Got it. So you had been out doing some of your daily toils out in the yard, out there with a couple of the, the sisters that you know fairly well. Sister Wenlin and Sister Lisbeth, and they sometimes, with friends, go by Wenny and Lissa. They are basically grilling you about what you had been talking to the Mother Superior, Mother Esme, earlier, that she had been talking to you and was asking you something, and they are very curious as to exactly what it was. Are you leaving? Are you, are you leaving the Priory? Surely, surely you're not leaving us. Why would you ever want to do such a thing? I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know what Mother Esme exactly meant. She just said I needed to speak with her after the service. Well, you're going to tell us, right? What she asks you. If she says I can. Oh, well, of course. But if she says that I'm not to, then I, I must respect her wishes. Well, of, of course. I didn't expect anything else. They both look at each other a little admonishingly, and they scurry off because they need to go off to the service. In fact, you do, too. So you do. You go off honoring St. Dunstan and St. Guinevere. When I'm there, I do I do look around just to see if Del is there. And I'm not surprised to not see him, but I do yes. subtly look around. Make a, make a perception. Yes. Success. Success. Well, as you look around, you actually see Dell up in the bell tower. He's just looking out. He's probably looking right down at you. You meet eyes. He waves down at you. I would just give a little nod and his wave. (laughs) I wouldn't want to get in trouble. He's clearly not going off to to, to the service. Uh, I'm not surprised, I imagine. Yeah, you've known him for, for many years. And only in recent years, the last two or three... The nuns have been keeping you rather away from him when he visits <laughs> because they say he is a bad influence and you should remain pure. <laughs> they're, not, they're like, he's a very handsome man, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he waves at you and you go off to the mass. But afterwards, just as she said, Mother Esme comes over. Young Beatrice, I think you're ready for this. Come with me. I would follow her, of course. And she takes you off to the cloister to walk the grounds of the garden in that area. 
And while you're walking, she says, We've had a visitor to the Priory, and it would seem that in the village of Tolsfork, there has been desecration by the ruins of the church which used to stand before they even built the Priory. It's been long out of use, but there are still graves there. A churchyard of sorts. There have been reports that there's been grave robbing going on. We can't have that, obviously. I just need you to go and verify the report. I know that you have an interest in going abroad. Don't let your baser instincts take hold when you're in the town. Of course not, Mother. You must prove yourself. If you wish to do this, I will be able to tell if you're telling the truth when you come back. I trust you will. I would be more than happy to to get to the root of that problem. That's terrible that someone would do such a thing. It is a blasphemy. Very good, then. I believe you should set out immediately. What should I bring? Should I expect any trouble? Oh, I wouldn't think so. The roads, some say that they're not safe, but I've seen no evidence of this. And besides... It wouldn't be a very long journey. The village is really only a two or three hours walk. You're in good shape. All right, I will will set out at once. Very good. She, well, she gives you a blessing, actually. And Um, I'm trying to appear very, like, solemn about it, but inside, you know. So, yeah, you're going to get to go off. You're going to get to leave. Honestly, you never really get to leave this place. Like, ever. Uh, getting to go by yourself, even, yes, is uh, pretty crazy. Um, I imagine that I would take my lantern and supplies such as that, just in okay. case, you yeah. know, if it is a two or three hour walk. What sure. time of day is it? We'll say that was noon. Okay. I would bring, you know, a few light supplies and I would probably bring my, I have a mace, just in case I came across some trouble. Now, the other nuns, honestly, are very... Well, certainly Sister Wenny is, like, every time she she's aware of the fact that you have this terrible club or whatever it is, she thinks that it's it's just awful. But <laughs> but uh, Sister Lissa is very, she seems kind of excited about it. She wants to hear your stories. Okay. I would promise her when I get back, I'll, I'll let her know everything. Oh, very good. And I would reassure Wenny that I, I would only use this terrible stick if needed. <laughs> and... Only as the uh, one true God would see fit. Well, I should hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Having gathered up all of your supplies that you need, you step outside the gate onto the road by yourself. Okay, so I'm headed towards the the village. Yes, you know that the, the old churchyard is almost to the village. Okay. Not quite all the way there. Bell, just because you're usually in the know of, of the things that are going on around you, if you wanted, it probably would not be hard for you to be on the road. <laughs> I am most <laughs> definitely following her along the. I'm not going to ambush her close to the oh, close right. to the priory, <laughs> All right. but I'm going to follow her just far enough away that it will truly give her abject terror when I creep up upon her. Jeez. Nice. All right. right. 
Well, she is striding boldly off. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty pretty good. Yeah, like That's I, about I, I to probably, I've got like a bounce in my step, and yeah, yeah, I'm probably pretty excited about this. Are you are you gonna try and are you gonna try and sneak oh. up on it? Mm-hmm. Oh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, I need a you, stealth. I was roll. Say, would you like a stealth? Yeah, pack? I need you to roll dexterity. Mm-hmm. A bonus of plus one to your dexterity. You just roll under that. I probably would like step off of the road a little bit just so I'm not quite as obvious and pull my mandolin up and just kind of like start plucking at it just a little bit. From behind behind her? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. From behind her. I don't think that you have to make a perception check, Beatrice. You uh, start hearing this sound behind you. Something. A musical instrument? Now would I have any idea of who it would be? Well, you haven't been spending much time with Dell lately, but from when you used to play as a child, he did things all the time to torture you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that he does play a mandolin. He's played it there at the Priory, for sure. I would call out in a wavering voice, Dell. And I'd be looking around, trying to see if I can see anything. Make a perception check. This is going to be against your, like, hiding. Three. So why don't you make a stealth check? How much did you make your perception check? Um, ten. Okay, make your stealth check and tell me is how much you make it. Dexterity? Do I get the it's plus dexterity one? Dexterity, but plus the one. I got a five. All right, so you made it by what? Nine. And you made it by ten? Ten. Eleven if you count the bonus. So I'm not hidden anymore. You feel very hidden. You feel extremely (laughs) hidden. I'm going to uh, reach down and pick up a smallish rock. If I've got an idea where he is, I'm going to uh, throw it. Not a heavy rock. A light rock. Just a light stone. Just just enough to cause an abrasion. I think you need to roll to hit. Do you have any sort of uh, ranged weapon bonus? No? No, no. It's just... Okay, straight up. 20-sided die roll. Roll high. Fourteen. Does that hit me? Do I need to roll anything? Well, you've definitely got cover uh, because you're hidden. Uh, I don't know. Behind that, a tree I mean, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's going to add two to your armor class. So your armor class is... Uh, with the plus two, it would be fourteen. Fourteen. And you rolled... A fourteen. Yeah, you just get beamed by this... Uh, <laughs> a, a small, but not altogether non-painful rock. <laughs> I mean, where's this rock hit me? Like, on the arm, on the head? It's the arm. <laughs> okay. It All was right. sticking out from behind the tree, just a tiny bit, and she nailed you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Beatrice. You're no fun to pick on anymore. And I would just shake my head at you. Where are you going, Beatrice? Did Mother Esme say whether it's a secret mission? <laughs> She didn't specifically call it a secret mission. She just said that you were going alone, as in no one from the priory was going with you. And she said to be careful, too, that I didn't follow my baser instincts in the village. <laughs> she did say something along those lines, But she said yes. nothing about... Beatrice, it's awfully late for you to be out walking alone by yourself. Where are you going? <laughs> Mother Esme sent me on a mission to uh, investigate some vandalism at the graveyard outside of town. I'll go with you. Uh, you shouldn't be out this late alone by yourself. Uh, I, I suppose it's okay, but we can't, you cannot 
tell Mother Esme or any of the sisters that you... Oh, I never tell them anything. (laughs) Okay. And no writing poems about it. It's something exciting happens. But, I mean, I would be glad to have some company. So, you probably have some food for the road. Pop out an apple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, enjoy each other's company. You haven't really got to hang out in many a year, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's probably a little, a little awkward, <laughs> you yeah. know, because we don't talk very much. I would probably rattle on a couple of little stories about the fairy, only because I would assume that it would probably make her a little uncomfortable talking about what do you share. Probably stories about the Cold Prince again, the Cold Prince's domain in fairy. Is very close to us in, in Dolmenwood. A lot of people think that it's getting closer. I'm going to push that whole, like, they're getting closer because they're coming for me. Just to twist the knife. And, and be- between that and the thoughts that you're going to investigate disturbed graves is probably a little nerve-wracking. A little disconcerting. Dolmenwood is all along this road. It's yeah. to your north. It's some miles off, actually, but you can okay. see it. I would tell you where we were headed. I haven't been there, but I imagine I know whereabouts. You've passed it, though. You know that area. Oh, okay. There's a particular hill along the way where the old ruins of the church are more or less at the base of the hill, along with the old gravestones. There's a little stream, like a brook, that comes down from somewhere up atop the hill. And you've had your fill of water there before. There are willows along the creek, from what you remember. Uh, in fact, you stopped there many a time for lunch or just to sit there and compose. Mm-hmm. Um, you once felt compelled to go exploring up near the top of the hill. You know that up there are some old stones. Not gravestones, but dolmen stones, actually. Some sort of an ancient pagan site up there. Probably predated that ancient church. Okay. So, um, let me make a roll here. All right. You start hearing voices up ahead. First people that you've encountered thus far. As you walk up, you see that they are not actually walking on the road, that they are on the side of the road, and that it is three individuals, and they are armed. I mean, maybe they're hunters. They have bows, and they have knives, they're talking amongst themselves. We hear anything they're saying, or is it well, too let's far see. away? I think you should make perception rolls for that. Yes. Oh, no! Not by much, but yes. <laughs> well then, you hear little bits, something about, well, you can't just let everyone go. Uh, basically an argument about something. But one of them is more or less trying to say, be nice, and the other one is trying to say, sometimes (laughs) you have to not be nice. Okay. And something about letting someone go, which to me doesn't sound like something hunters would be talking about, because they wouldn't say someone. I'd probably be looking to you. Well, we either need to chat with them to see what is going on, if anything is afoot, or we need to go around them. Let's walk, because this is a road that leads to the village, right? It is. Let's just walk and act like we're headed towards the village. Act and nonchalant. And go past them, yeah. Okay. Yeah, see so what you they start say walking yeah. forward again. As you start walking forward again, you realize that they actually did notice you as you were standing there talking. 
one of them at least did and is staring at you and they all turn to like look at you too as you come walking up and one of them you'd swear says watch this you there good day travelers okay travelers okay i didn't know if they were talking to both of us or just one of us <laughs> and good day back to you i see you're traveling on the duke's road have you paid the duke's toll uh i'm afraid this is the first that i've heard of the duke's toll Oh, well, it's, you know, upkeep and all. So do you work for the Duke? Oh, yes, loyal servants of the Duke. What's your title, sir? Uh, uh, well, a road warden, of course. Uh, you know, the Duke's road wardens. What's a road warden? That's us. <laughs> so, hand it over. Well, I'm afraid you've caught us empty-handed today. I, I don't have any kind of... Uh, anything that I could use to, to, to pay a toll with. Perhaps we'll just stop for the day, then. The young sister has plenty of prayers that she needs to make, I'm sure. You need to make a charisma roll. Mm -hmm. I'm putting you at disadvantage here, because this is definitely a situation where they have the upper hand. So you roll two dice and take the highest. They're just, <laughs> just going to be so enamored with your dazzling smile. It doesn't matter what you say. That's a nine. A nine. The one of them says, uh, "Grin with you idiot. Let him go. You're you're just ridiculous." He actually comes up and looks like he's going to pat you on the back. Are you all right with that? Mm, I suppose. All right, he does, mm -hmm. and is almost kind of kind of friendly with you. puts puts his arm around you. Oh, okay. The one true God smiles upon you, gentlemen. They kind of look at each other and are you? Are you a nun? No, um, but I am an apprentice at the priory. Oh, well, see there. See there. It's a good thing. And we're actually on very important and quite secret a mission uh, from the... Um, um, from the mother. Yeah, from the mother. From Mother <laughs> Esme. For, yes. We've probably dallied long enough. So. Oh, well, we wouldn't want to keep you. The, please, please, go right ahead. Make me a perception roll. Okay. Actually, this one is also going to be at disadvantage. So roll two dice and take the higher. Mm -hmm. Well, an 18 it is. <laughs> Very good. You perceive nothing. <laughs> and on your way then. They're like waving you goodbye, like, you know, have fun storming the castle, that type of thing. You realize some ways further down the road that you didn't pick up on the fact that when he had his arm around God, him, he, what did he, take? he lifted something. What did he take? You got a list of your supplies? Yes. May I see it? Uh, Son of a bitch. He managed to stealthily get into your purse and, uh, well, let's see how much he got. Oh, God. How much do you have? 69. Oh my god, you're rich. But then again, I don't know that I would have anywhere to leave it at the priory. How much did he get? <laughs> oh my god. He he got 30 of your gold. Oh my god. That's almost half of it. Yeah. Well, you're nearly there when you suddenly realize that your your coin pouch is on I light. see that horrible shit of a man again. I am laughing hysterically at you. I think this is wonderful. <laughs> we'll and, I'm, and I'm going on about the joy and poverty. Oh and, my god. And I'm doing it very much, not necessarily in a serious way. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But hey, you make it to your destination. Great. <laughs> um, cost us 30 gold. Just a little way further to the town, mm-hmm. if you feel like going there, but you are currently at the old lich yard. It's actually a very charming place. The sun is shining brightly, shining down through the willows on the, the little stream that comes down the hill. And it's just very tranquil. It just makes you feel totally at ease. Well, if it's making us that at ease, I'm going to look for the demon spawn that's about to explode through the door. Um, I'm I, looking for the, the vandalism to see what exactly has taken place there. Okay. Well, make a perception roll. No. Okay. Mother Esme was very vague about it. I don't think she even knew what had happened. Like, was that much detail shared with me? Yeah, I would have told you. Okay, well, then I would probably help. Make a perception all then. Looking around the graves, I'm sure you're both doing that. Yeah, and if I hadn't told you while we were walking, I'm telling you now. I've got a four. Well, Del, a lot of these stones are really overgrown. And as you push your way back through some of the undergrowth, you see some old stones that have toppled, and you definitely see evidence of the ground being completely turned up, just like loose dirt. Hmm. 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 Bring a shovel with you? No. (laughs) Unless the good mother told you what she wanted you to do, I guess we're done here. Are there any buildings around? Or I mean, I know there was a ruins ruins there at one point. There's the ruined church, and it's honestly so ruined that it's not really got any sort of a roof or anything. I mean, I think it's still worth going over there and checking it out. Okay. And I would tell you that we so, needed to do a little more investigating than just looking at one grave. It's your mission, sister. I'm taking this very seriously. <laughs> I can tell. Well, you go over to the church. Doesn't look vandalized. I mean, it's very old. Just any evidence of somebody being there or anything like that? I will say this, and I'm not going to make you roll. You would see some evidence of maybe campfires. Okay. In the church. Oh, inside? Yeah, inside. Like a blackening on the walls. Mm. Well, if we don't see anything else, how far away is it from nighttime? It is getting on towards evening, certainly. Yeah, the sun is starting to move towards sunset. Well, I wonder if it would be worth it to set up camp outside the perimeter and kind of watch. Because if there are grave robbers, if there's something going on here, they're not going to come during the day and just watch as dusk and night settles in. Okay, I mean... Unless you're scared. I'm not scared. I'm just not interested in losing any more of my gold to... You're not going to lose any more. ...wandering road wardens, whispering (laughs) quotes. Like I said, if you're scared, you can go on back to the village and... I'm fine. He didn't steal my bedroll. He just stole my gold. (laughs) Let's scout for a campsite kind of out of sight and eat a few snacks, hunker down, and keep watch. Together, you find a spot. You've got a clear view of the old church and a good portion of the graves. From the the other side of the road, I think, is where you've set up. Kind of back in the trees a little bit yourself. I presume not having a fire. No, we don't want to be seen. Oh, what about my little hood lantern? I would say no. Okay. 
It is very idyllic out here. The sun is setting. It's just a pleasant evening. You keep feeling like you're kind of drifting off. So I want you to both make constitution check. A 16? No. No. Oh, oh I made it. <laughs> well, you notice that Beatrice being so very relaxed. I probably just kind of nudge her with my elbow and ask her, do you want to take a nap? Should I stay awake? Uh, no, no, I'm awake. Okay, you stay awake, and it gets dark. And when it gets dark, it gets very dark. The one thing that you would notice are the fireflies start coming up out of the grass, all around the trees, floating around up and down the road, and up on the hill. The moon is just starting to come up, and you would hear the sound of something coming up the road mm-hmm. from the town. Well... Is there enough moonlight to see? There is. It is one person. They have a cart behind them. And they stop. And whoever it is is talking to himself, fiddling with the stuff in the cart. That's when you start hearing this weird sound. Breeze is kind of like picking up a little bit. And at first you think it might just be the wind, but no, it's definitely a melody. Mm -hmm. This person clearly hears it too, and is looking up at the hill. And then he breaks and bolts, and he's just running up the road, leaving his cart there. He's running away from the graves. He'll so he was looking away from them. us. He was. He was looking okay. away. Yeah. I, and is that where the flute sound is coming from? You too? think so, but it's hard to tell. It's kind of the the wind is still kind of breezing around you right now, and uh, you can't quite tell where it's coming from. I would like to sneak out to the cart to see what's in it stealthily. You're going to head over there. So, all right. We'll leave you now. Romy. Yes. You're in the cottage that you share with your father. Yes. He's gone into town. You are there with the dog. Sage. You've acquired a lot of herbs in the forest, and your father taught you the art of hunting with the bow. You had very good luck with with game recently, and between your herb lore and your hunting skill, you had a (laughs) lot of things for him to take into the village for trade, Mm -hmm. for supplies and such. So you're looking forward to his return. Describe yourself. Well, I'm tall, strong, medium-length, dark, straight hair, dark eyes. She's lived out in the woods for most of her life. Most people think she's not very ladylike, and she's totally fine with that. You've actually been to town many times. Yeah, no. mostly I walk around, and the, I hear the older ladies saying she's not very ladylike. So that's how <laughs> I know. And as a matter of fact, you've probably seen Dell in town. He's, he's there quite a lot. I kind of make matter. a note of people. I watch people a lot, but yeah. don't deal with them too much. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. your father bursts through what? the door. He's breathing heavily. He's red-faced, and he looks terrified. I'll rush to help close the door or ask what's wrong. Nothing. 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 Everything's fine. It's just... It's just an old man's nerves. Drinking again? You can smell it on his breath. Uh, He was definitely drinking again. I'll go to the door like I'm going to peek out, see if anything's out there. What are you doing? You don't go out there. 
I'm in charge here. You do what you're told, young lady. I'll just ask him again what happened. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Now just leave me alone. And, uh, well, he keeps peeking out the window. Hmm. Maybe I'll go around uh, another window <laughs> where he can't see me and peek out myself. That. And there, there, there's like, yeah, yeah, this back entrance too, by the way. Okay. It's not just one door to the, to the cottage. Well, first maybe I'll just, just look out the window. It's dark out there. There's moonlight. Um, Can I see anything moving around? Make a perception roll. Just roll a 20-sided and roll under it. Yes. From where you're looking, you can just see a bit of the road. And the cart that your father wheeled off into town is just sitting out there in the road. And it looks like it's got stuff in it. Uh, So does it look like he sold anything? or You can't tell. It's all covered. I don't see anything else moving around or anything. No. Well, I should bring that in. I mean, he, he's drunk a lot. He probably he, just thought he saw stuff coming in. How well did you roll in that perception a roll? Six. You think you hear something. Like an animal? It sounds more like music. Like oh. very faint flute music. Oh. Not like a cheery jig or something like that. A bit of a mournful song. Maybe I'll go back to my father's. Okay. He has passed out. He's passed out up against the wall under the window. You're used to him doing that. Yeah. You you take note that he's breathing. Yeah. Maybe I'll (laughs) shove him over so he's lying down on the floor. Okay. I'll peek out again if I don't see anything. A hound around? I could bring Sage. Sage is there. Yeah, absolutely. I'll grab him and get a lantern. Go out onto your porch with the lantern. Peek out a little bit warily. Obviously, something's beating my father, and there's lots of wild animals out there. I'll go over and try to check out the cart. At least try to get back to the house. So you're heading for the cart. You do still hear that sound on the wind, the the flute playing. I'll look around. I'm very wary. Okay, make a perception roll. No? Okay, (laughs) you're heading straight for the cart. Del, as you are heading out to see what's what with the mm-hmm. cart, there is someone coming down the path with a lantern. Are they far enough away that I could sneak up to the cart to see what's in it and then sneak back away? You could make it to the cart before they get there, definitely. But would I have enough time to get away? You think so. I'm going to sneak over. I just want to see what's in the cart. Make a stealth throw on it. God, <sighs> nope. So you start creeping out there. <laughs> You hear a snap of a twig, and Sage starts barking furiously. There's something up there. You don't see it. Well, I'll stay quiet. I'm going to get something to indicate that the dog should kind of check it out. You're sending Sage out there? Yeah. Awesome. All right. He knows who's coming. So you sick the hunting dog on... Sage goes bolting over there. Shit, that's bad. I assume for a hunting dog, they, like, they're meant to flush out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, that's what he's doing. Again. <laughs> or maybe circling behind. Oh, yeah? A little bit. The dog is mostly coming toward you, but it looks like he might be trying to like go around you to kill you from behind. <laughs> I am going to jump into the cart so that I am at least off of the ground. And then I am going, I'm going to look for things in the cart to throw the dog. <laughs> While calling it a horrible hellhound and a <laughs> miserable right. and yeah. Great. You jump. You can jump up into the car. Make a dexterity check. <laughs> Please don't. Okay, good. No, no problem. Okay, you jump up into the car. 
and you're like you're pulling back the stuff looking for something there's there's a, a small cask and there is a small box well, maybe at that point i'll say hey who goes there dog meat if you don't call this rotten <laughs> miserable hellhound away from me he won't kill you unless i command him that's reassuring <laughs> Are you still looking for something to smash the dog with? Well, is it still basically, barking and, and coming at me? Basically has got you more or less treed in the, in the cart. You're just standing like a few feet off the ground. <laughs> He's come around and is like on the open end of the cart barking at you. Okay. I'll you yell at him like quiet and just watch. Okay. <laughs> Sage will shut up. Kind of warily walk up. And... There you go. So there's someone standing in your father's cart. Okay. Who are you? <laughs> My name is Dell. I am a bard from around this area, and I had made my campsite at the side of the road, and then I saw a crazy man come down the road uh, pulling a, a cart, and he ran away and left his cart, so I decided to take it away from him. Well, I hope you're not still intending on stealing my cart. It wasn't you that were ran away no, from the cart. my family's cart. Oh. Well, <laughs> your family are crazy. They shouldn't leave their carts in the middle of the road. Oh, yeah. Where are you? I watched you run off, and (laughs) when I heard your yelling um, about hellhounds, I probably started to make my way down towards you guys. Okay. You all notice very definite sound in the graveyard area, and it sounds like uh, scraping. Gross. Like an underground scraping sound? Like digging? Like muscle digging. Kind of. Yeah. Not like a shovel. More like a scrabbling with your bare hands type of a digging. Uh, uh, Sage's ears go up and it's like pointing that way. Well, I'd be a little worried. I mean, I live right near the forest. I'd be a little concerned about stories I've heard. So I'll tell this fellow to get out of my cart to take it back home. Well, as I'm getting out of the cart, I would ask if there had been any issues with large animals lately. This is definitely a weird sound. You've not really heard this sound before. I I presume you're you're all looking over there. Mm -hmm. Is it coming from over towards where the headstones and everything were? It is. Although it seems to be coming from nearer than the disturbed graves that you'd seen before. In fact, you can kind of see where it's coming from, but you don't see anyone there. I would whisper... This is what Mother Esme sent us to do. By all means. This is what Mother Esme sent you to do. Are you people really going to go out there in the dark? I, I'm going to... I'm going to start creeping slowly over towards this stone, sure. trying to be as quiet as possible, but I want to see what it is. You think you know where it's coming from, but you just hear this scratching and scrabbling, but you can't really see it. Would it take too long for me to get my lantern out? You're going to be getting it out. But the moon's out, so we can still see a little decent yeah. bit. You're thinking about that, and okay. you... I'm, and I'm going to be... I'm going to pull my mace out. You're going over there straight away. But especially after Dell was like, that's what you had to go do. Right, I would exactly. be like, that's right. It is your <laughs> sacred task. It is. This. Are you grave robbers? <laughs> <laughs> you know that's not right. <laughs> no, we are not grave robbers. No, no. You two are having this little conversation, <laughs> and Beatrice, you're going over there. Yes. You are close enough now to see the scrabbling sound is coming from one of the graves, and you can see the ground is moving, and you realize that the scrabbling is coming from below. 
Oh, like, I, there, oh, like something digging out. Yes. Oh, um, <laughs> that's not good. And it's more or less happening right in front of you. You can start to see whatever it is has come to the top, and you can just begin to see the bone white fingers. You can still hear the sound of the flute up the hill. If I have my wits about me enough, I would probably in terror turn and run back towards the cart. And I don't think I'd be very stealthy about it, I think. Okay, you get there. There's something digging out of the grave, and it looked like bone. Oh. From, um, from here, you probably can all start to see some churning of the earth over there now, and maybe something starting to pull itself up. Has the music gotten any louder, or is it just no, still? It's just it's consistent. the same. We need to get somewhere safe. We need to get, go to the top of the hill. That's where the music is coming from. If we go up that way, we can at least know what's happening. Sounds safe. So there's undead digging themselves out of the grave, and you want to go towards the strange flute music oh, at the Dad, top of the hill. What are you talking hill. about? Well, your it, your mother superior is the one that that charged you with finding out what what is going on at this derelict church. So if you want to figure out what's going on, I suggest you get to the top of the hill. While you've been discussing this. Whatever it was has pulled itself mostly out of the ground. And you see that there is another one coming up from another grave. I turn and look at you. It's tough to be wary of strangers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I've seen strange things in the woods. You've seen fairies. You've yeah. not really seen what might very well be people pulling themselves up out of their graves. From where you are, you can kind of see up at the top. The fireflies that I'd mentioned have all kind of drifted their way up there mm -hmm. to like the top of the hill where you know that the old stones are. I need to get my cart back to the house. If you can <laughs> run in towards the, towards the flute, we'll be safe. Let me just tell you now, the one that pulled itself up is starting to move away from you. Starting oh, to Doesn't walk. Doesn't it seem like the, they're going towards the flute? Starting to walk up the hill. Or that the flute's calling them. Uh, so we don't want to go towards We don't want to go up the hill. They seem mostly incompetent, so I can <laughs> probably trust them to come back to the house. Do you want to come to the cottage? We can try to figure out something there. It would probably be safer it than going... It probably would be safer than going up the hill unprepared for whatever is at the top calling for the dead people. Do you live near here? <laughs> Close. But let us retreat okay. with our tails between yes. our legs. <laughs> Everybody can make a perception. Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> you two, as you are making your retreat and you're getting a little bit further away, you look back a few times. When you get back away from it a ways, you can actually see the top and the stones up on the top. And you see a figure up there. Kind of like a man, but a very, very large man. Tall and thin. You'd swear that it has goat horns. This is not human. And you think it's looking at you. Thanks for listening to the first episode of The Cast Perilous. 
Please remember to like and subscribe if you want to hear more of Dell, Beatrice, and Rose adventures. And if you do like this sort of thing, be sure to leave a review so more folk can find us out here in the woods. If you'd like to find some bonus art and maps, or if you'd just like to say hello, be sure to follow us on the social medias. You should be able to find us at The Cast Perilous on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or our email, thecastperilous at gmail.com. It should be noted that all of this was recorded before the coronavirus, so if it sounds like we were hanging out together maskless around a table, indeed we were. Hopefully, all of us will be able to do that again someday. We used the song A Walk in the Woods for our theme music, and Sacred for some chant in the Priory. Both tracks are by Edward Brown, aka Nedwin04, on Pond5.com. All sound effects, fluting, and mandolin plucking were my own creations. This episode was brought to you by the word probably. We'll see you in the woods.